1: And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the Editor-in-Chief over at ArrowheadPride.com. And I'm once again joined by my esteemed Deputy Editor, John Dixon. John, now that we're, what, two weeks into training camp,
2: do you feel like you know these Chiefs? Uh, better than we did, certainly. Um, we, we know a lot more than we knew a couple weeks ago. And we also know that it's hot outside. It is hot, 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 hot. (laughs) Part of the storyline from today.
1: Yes, we were at practice out there today. I've been doing the notebooks at ArrowheadPride.com. If you haven't checked them out, we're tagging them. We have a permalink, right? That goes to the training Mm -hmm. camp, notebooks from each and every day. Trying to give you guys a story of the day, some observations. I throw in a tweet of the day. Today's quote of the day was Eric bien basically saying he's not going to tell the media at the press conference what he said to the offensive line. It wasn't pretty because the <laughs> offense did not have a great day. And we know that Eric, Bieniemy can be, let's just say, quite honest on the football field. So he did not share that, but that was today's quote of the day. Again, the training camp notebooks are available at arrowheadpride.com. We're going to get into some news and notes of the chiefs as far as what happened with their unofficial depth chart and injury update, Uh, It's a pretty good podcast for you that we got for today. So stay with us for the whole ride. Before we get into everything, I always got to tell you, please rate and review us. Everything helps, especially on Apple iTunes. Trying to do the best we can as far as coverage for you guys with ourselves, the Arrowhead Drive that we do in connection with Stephen Serta, Ron Kopp and Matt Stagner, the Great British Chief Show, and of course, Show and BK on Friday. If you like the podcast network, let us know. But, John, again, we're going to get into that unofficial depth chart on the second half of the show. But you mentioned it. It was hot today. The hottest (laughs) day of camp. You know it's hot at training camp because we're up there in the media tent, and I'm wearing a collared shirt and shorts, and I am just standing there, and I am sweating. It seems like I'm going to give you too much information here from every single pore on my body. And, again, we are not doing anything, and we're in the shade. So if I'm pouring sweat, you can only imagine what kind of day it was for uh, the Chiefs and their team. And the offense really, really struggled today. What has been weird, and I've noted this in the notebook, is that two times now, Eric Bieniemy has spoken to the media. And in both of those days, the offense has struggled. And it's rare for the Chiefs offense to struggle.
2: Yeah, that's very odd. What are the odds that that would happen? That the unfair. Two guys, the, unfair, the, the, <laughs>
1: unfair to poor Eric. He's got to stand it there really and say, is. And say really. this fantastic offense that has been successful 12 of the 14 days of training camp. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to look at the film. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> we'll get into some of what these type of days mean when it comes to the unofficial depth chart. But I, I mentioned it. Let's go through some of the injuries. The returns to practice today were... Uh, defensive tackle Derek Naughty, we didn't really even know what was going on. Andy Reid didn't even ever tell us, and he seemed to be okay today, so he was back in the mix. Defensive tackle Tyler Clark, who I'm sure you don't even know, if you're listening to this, who he is, and he is not going to make the team, but he's back to practice. On the COVID list right now is offensive lineman Daryl Williams, so he's been out of the mix. Uh, this is who's currently injured and either not practicing or not in pads, so either not at the field or working off to the side. We have tight end Evan Bayless, wide receiver Antonio Callaway, right guard Laurent DuVernay tardif linebacker Willie Gay, defensive end Malik Herring, right guard Kyle Long, defensive end Alex Okafor, right tackle Mike Remmers, running back Daryl Williams. That one was new today. So let's go through some of the big names on this. Antonio Callaway is somewhat of a big name. We thought he could be a dark horse to make the team. He's got a bone bruise right now. The thing is, it's going to be tough for him to make the team if he's not back on the practice field yep. soon. I don't think he was among the top six receivers or maybe even seven receivers. I'll mention some other names again in, in that depth chart segment, uh, but Antonio Calloway needs to be on the field.
2: Yeah. It, he's not going to have any chance to make the team if he's, if he's not there, that's just, that's just the unfortunate truth. Ask Marcus Kemp about that, you know, because right. it was uh, two years ago that uh, he was having this spectacular Training camp, now he had a much more serious injury in his case, but the but the rule still applies. You're not on the roster where you can practice during training camp. You're not going to be on the final roster. That's just the way it is. Callaway's future is going to be determined in how he performs
1: for the rest of the NFL in the preseason games. Mm-hmm. Because, like, let's say there were no preseason games as it was last year. To me, he's a practice squad guy, and he's bounced around from a few teams. I don't think the Chiefs would have to worry about him getting poached or anything like that, and he would just be waiting in the wings for one of those fifth or sixth spots to open up if one of the Chiefs wide receivers were to get injured. So I project Callaway as a cut right now. He needs to make the case, and the only way he can make the case is by being on the field. Same thing with the next guy that we talked about, right guard Laurent DuVernay-Tardif. He's got the hand injury, and as the past few days have gone on, John, it looked like it was like a mini cast, and today it was more of a club on mm-hmm. his hand, and so I don't know. There are times when offensive linemen can play through these types of things, but it's interesting to me
2: that, at least right now, he's been off the field and in the trainer's tent. That's amazing to me that this uh, this young man has this – club on his hand as a professional football player and someday he's going to be doing surgery on people so right that his always hands, that's always comes to mind when i hear about something like this with his hands are more important than the average football player because right. his
1: life after football is going to be saving lives so take yeah. care of your hands ldt ldt right now even when he was healthy he lost his job trey smith looks like yeah. a pro and I keep saying it, but we're going to talk about that more in the depth chart segment. Linebacker Willie Gay, he was the best defensive player at Chiefs training camp before he unfortunately got stuck in the concussion protocol. Got him with my eyeballs today. He was doing a little bit more motion and whatnot on the field. So I don't know the exact steps of these things medical wise, but it seemed like he has been doing more in recent days than he was at the beginning when he wasn't even out of practice. So... Let's see if he's back on the field. I'm not sure if they they play him in the preseason game on Saturday against the San Francisco 49ers, because with this type of stuff, you're better safe than sorry. And like I said, he was having a hell of a camp anyway.
2: Well, and of course, the good news is that unofficially, it's not expected to be a long time before he comes back. But I think you're right. Uh, they will be better safe than sorry and hold him out of this first preseason game. And, you know, It's allowing them to get looks at other players, which is not a bad thing during training camp. You know, uh, Gay has already made his way onto the roster. There's not going to be any question about that. They'd like for him to get some more snaps so that he can be uh, better prepared for the season. But they also don't want to put him out there and risk a more significant injury. So I think you've got this figured right. What I thought was was great in a sense. And
1: I tried to word this right at the press conference. If you listen to From the Podium, you heard me trying to say, because Hitchens and Neiman were out for a period. and No one is ever rooting for injuries. That was something that I wanted to ask Andy Reid and ask the younger players like uh, uh, Nick Bolton, because there was a a period of time where Bolton, the first-year player, and Gay, uh, the second-year player with the two linebackers in. And Mm -hmm. Neiman and Hitchens were off the field. And They're in their first and second years and they're making these calls. That is invaluable experience for these two guys to be getting. Want to see Willie Gay back on the field. I have been. I thought he would be good this year because he had the full offseason, but he has been even better than I imagined Mm -hmm. when he's been on the field. The best defensive player at training camp, Um, Tyron Matthew, probably a second Legere Sneed right in that mix. Right guard Kyle Long. We have known for a while now that the Chiefs are going to be back in Kansas City. I think before Kyle long even gets anything going, I think that he is a candidate to be PUP to start the season where he would miss the first six weeks. Cause it seems like that lower leg injury was significant. The problem that I have with just thinking long is going to be back right. When the season begins is he needs to do offensive line work, even once he becomes fully healthy. Like sometimes I think we think, Oh, now he's hundred percent. He can get right back on the field. I just don't think that'll be the case with long. And another problem is just the position Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, even though their rookies are locked in, I think it's a little bit shakier with Lucas Niang. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. will long want to move to tackle and is he a better option than Niang Yang and then Remmers? I think by being injured long has made himself maybe a swing interior guy for the mm-hmm. chiefs at best as depth. I don't, I don't know if he's returning to a starting job.
2: Yeah, and you're exactly right. He's not going to be a player who can just walk in and uh, and play like Duvernay Tardif could because he's obviously right. been in the system for a long time. Now, Long was there for the OTAs and the mini camp, and I'm sure he got some work in there. But that's not the same as being out on the field during training camp, and that's going to make it uh, hard for him to jump right in. So I think you're right. They're going to say, yeah, let's let him have the six weeks where he can figure out what's going on, and uh, and then we'll take him on later in the season, and we won't have to use a roster spot to keep him uh, on final cutdown day, which could be a significant problem, actually. I think
1: the Chiefs are going to end up keeping – 10 offensive linemen. I really think that. that's what I put in my first projection. Second one to come this week at some point. I'm not exactly sure of when, but it, that's coming as well. But I mean, I have them keeping 10 offensive linemen. And then if you have long on the PUP list, I mean, that that essentially is 11. And so mm-hmm. the Chiefs are just you know making sure that they have backups to their backups <laughs> to their backups along the <laughs> offensive line. Defensive end Alex Okafor has been dealing with a hamstring injury. You should have seen Alex Okafor's face when he had, uh, suffered this injury and had to leave the field. He cannot not get injured at this point in his career. And he's not even super old. I believe he's 30, 31, I think 30. And so you would hope that after uh, what he described as a really relaxed off season to recharge, that he would be back in this mix. And the thing is the chiefs need him, right? I mean, the chiefs could really use this guy along the edge. I know they got some younger players who looked really good, but the chiefs need him. And so, I I just, it's just tough to watch a guy who wants to be on the field so bad and make an impact, and he just can't get out of his own way when it comes to injuries these past now three years.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a, a bad situation for him, for sure. But, you know, it's the bed he made. Uh, right. He wanted to be available as a as a free agent this offseason, and they avoided the last year of his contract so they could do that. and he wasn't able to uh, catch on with another team, ends up coming back to the Chiefs on a minimum salary deal because they've already got $2 million of dead money on the cap for him. There's no way they were going to pay him any significant money. But he seems to be happy here. He just was hoping to get a bigger paycheck someplace else, and it didn't work out, which sometimes happens. And I I feel bad for him on that basis, but especially bad if he's going to miss You know, perhaps making the roster because he's got something as simple as a hamstring injury.
1: Right tackle, Mike Remmers is dealing with back spasms and he's missed about the last week now. Mm -hmm. Lucas Niang has stepped in. And uh, the problem that it's going to be for Remmers is Lucas Niang looks better every day. And so even when Remmers now gets healthy, I think he could be demoted to that second team right tackle where. Andrew Wiley is at the moment and does Wiley go back in or do the Chiefs like Yazir Durant and Prince Tega Winogo enough to squeeze Wiley now that former Mackley Hill Rookie of the Year award winner to the third team so Remmers becomes interesting now not only in his own right okay I don't really think he's going to be reinserted and what does it mean for cuts because I, I think it might push someone else off the team.
2: Yeah. And while we're talking about the right side of the line, I'd just like to put a shout out to all the people who are still thinking the Chiefs are going to resign Mitchell Schwartz before <laughs> before the season begins. Uh, first of all, they don't need to. Second of all, he's been posting uh photos of himself and his wife at a tropical paradise someplace. I don't know where. And if I did know, I wouldn't tell you. Um, and he has lost a lot of weight. Yeah. He's on an island in the Pacific or someplace with, what, three weeks to go until the re- regular season. He's not playing in the NFL this year. Right. That's the, the bottom line. Could be a year and, off. It was a herniated
1: disc, I believe. Yeah, And that could use a year off or that could use a retirement. He loves Kansas right. City. They're building a house, I know, in Kansas City. They post about it on social media all the time. Uh, Mitch, if you're listening to this and you need a sous chef, <laughs> maybe I'll quit Arrowhead pride and come work in your new restaurant in Kansas City I'm happy
2: to do that and all the best to him you know I, oh, I, no, I don't no. mean, yeah. great player for the Chiefs yeah. a solid player for the Chiefs and I, right and I understand one those, why people want one him back of those
1: guys but, those undervalued guys too who you don't know if they win the Super Bowl with Adam I mean that mm-hmm. is you don't really always know how much offensive linemen mean to to the Whole and breadth of a a Super Bowl winning team. And so a huge part of their Super Bowl team and and certainly someone that we, if he's not going to play another down for the Chiefs or anyone else, we wish the best in retirement. Absolutely. Let's be clear here. He is not officially retired or anything else. It just seems like maybe, and I agree with you, John, could be an option in the foreseeable future. We'll see how that plays out. Injured at practice Monday. Worth noting, Defensive end, Josh Kando. Oh, we got to circle back here. Running back, Daryl Williams, all of a sudden has a knee yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. John, I wrote him off, but if you go to the dominoes here, if Daryl Williams has this knee issue and it keeps him out for a foreseeable time, foreseeable future, they're going to keep Derek McKinnon as that second back. And then Darwin mm-hmm. Thompson suddenly has his roster spot back because I don't think that they're going to just want to go in with two running backs and i i think they have thompson over what would be elijah mcguire and so Mm -hmm. you never know and and so that's the thing we were we were ready to basically say that that thompson's a no-go here but we don't a knee is a knee is an interesting injury because you never know the severity of it Mm -hmm. and so who knows maybe thompson can work back into this mix
2: yeah i agree this is an opportunity for thompson um, it's a, it's a bad break for Williams, but who knows, uh, he could be back in a matter of a couple of weeks, uh, and, uh, they'll certainly have him right behind Clyde Edwards a If he's available for the 53 man roster,
1: uh, they, they like McKinnon week. too. I mean, that's, what yeah, I'm they do too. Yeah. Now, which is
2: why we've been counting Thompson out while Daryl
1: had been getting, I tweeted this, and fantasy Twitter was all over it. 30 to 35% of the first-team reps. Mm -hmm. McKinnon was more used sparingly, but he would get a snap or two here or there with the first team. For example, on Monday, with Williams out, he he was getting those snaps. Mm -hmm. So McKinnon is certainly the next man up when it comes to taking what Williams was getting, and we'll see how the rest of the running back room plays out there. All right, so those are your injuries. We have a transaction update. Nick Kaiser decided to retire. I tend to think, John, the writing was on the wall for him. I mean, you look around that tight end room, obviously Travis Kelsey, but then you bring Blake Bell back into the mix, who we know the Chiefs really like. They drafted Noah Gray, and then you've had this emergence of Jody Fortson. And I think Kaiser had suffered some injuries as the beginning of camp was going on, and probably looked around the room and said, You know what? It's hot, as we had mentioned. <laughs>
2: I am not making this team. I had a nice little career here. Time to move on. Well, and back spasms, that can cover a whole lot of stuff. Right. Some of which could be serious uh, for an NFL player. So, uh, you know, they, they got him back on the the active list. Uh, they gave him a good physical, but it may have been something that scared him so much that he thought, yeah, I, I, need, to, I need to move away from this. Uh, that could be a story that we never get the details on. Um, or it could be just as you say, he saw that he wasn't going to get an opportunity to play with the Chiefs again and doesn't like his chances anywhere else either. So it's time to move on. Sometimes it happens that way.
1: We had noted that Daryl Williams is on the COVID list. So the Chiefs needed to bring in an offensive lineman. And so he's like a candle, the trick candle, Brian Witzman. <laughs> Who you think you're <laughs> never gonna really hear or see again. And then we looked up the other day at practice, I believe it was Sunday, and there he was, Brian Whitman again. I remember, he was on the active roster and a big part of the Chiefs in the 2016 season when he made thirteen starts at left guard, but is a depth of depth of depth of depth player, especially on this Chiefs team, who is very deep at the offensive line position. But I think Whitman is just trying to stay in the mix, taking any kind of job where they come. He's only 31 years old. Sometimes offensive linemen can play into their 30s. I just don't see him making this roster, but he's an interesting name that's back in the
2: mix. Well, he also plays special teams snaps, which not all of them do effectively. And that may be part of the, the reasoning here is that they can use him in special teams drills at camp. Uh, he could literally be a camp body here um when they are short an offensive lineman or two as they are right now so well there you go ryan witzman welcome back
1: all right last piece of news before we get to our unofficial depth chart breakdown patrick mahomes there's two off the field notes he has a new logo have you
2: seen it john yeah i saw it what's your letter grade reaction to it i didn't like the one before and i'm not crazy about this one either but i'm old school so I didn't love the
1: one before. I like this one more. Yeah. Is it an A plus? I'm gonna give it an A minus. I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a good logo in the sense that it it sort of reminds me of Tom Brady's logo. And he's managed to really build his individual brand separate from his team stuff. And so, you know, I think this gives Patrick Mahomes the opportunity. If you really are curious about Patrick Mahomes' new logo, we have retweeted it. It is on our site, and you can just go to his. You can go right to the source. You can go to his Twitter account if you want to watch the video. Uh, he wrote two p.m., but he released it at twelve forty-one. I thought that was a big miss by by Pat. I think that was a, that was a good marketing <laughs> opportunity. I am not going to say that to his face, so hopefully nobody tells him uh, that I said that. But
2: well, I need to make a note of that.
1: Yeah, but please don't.
2: send Patrick
3: Mahomes. One
1: other thing he he he's been doing the rounds uh, as it happens at training camp. The national faces. A friend of Arrowhead Pride, James Palmer, for example, was in training camp today. Peter King was the other day. And Peter King did an interview with Patrick Mahomes. And we know that Patrick Mahomes has ownership stake in both the Royals and Sporting KC. What Peter King was able to find out is he really would like to bring an NBA team to Kansas City, which I know a lot of people would be excited about. I have seen these crowds at Sporting. I have seen the Royals run. Kansas City had an NBA or an NHL team or both. I think they would be very, very excited about it. I think it would be live sports all year round. I think it would be great for the city. But again, just really cool that Patrick Mahomes is trying to do this for a community. Like he almost treats Kansas City as if it's his his home, like Tyler, Texas. That I, I yeah. think that's a really cool part of him being the franchise quarterback. Like Mitch Schwartz, he just decided, I love Kansas City enough to make it my forever home at at this point if he's going to have stakes in these teams and wanting to even bring more teams to the
2: city. You know, I always think back to Bo Jackson when we have these conversations about how Mahomes is uh, becoming so ingrained in our community. Uh, Back when Jackson was first signed to the Royals and then said he wanted to be a two-sport athlete and then signed with the Raiders, Of all teams, right? I just couldn't believe that the chiefs were a pretty good team in those days. It's not like they were terrible. It's not like he wouldn't have been playing on a good football team. And I remember saying at the time, why would you do that? You know, you're a big star for the Royals. You want to be a two sport athlete. Are you going to complicate that further by playing for a team that's headquartered 1,500 miles away or whatever the distance is from here to to Oakland or wherever the Raiders were playing at that time. (laughs) Uh, Why wouldn't you want to be a a two-sport player in the same city? And you would be Mr. Kansas City for the rest of your life. And that's what Patrick Mahomes is setting up for himself, is being Mr. Kansas City for the rest of his life, just like Bo Jackson should have done. Rant over. Poor, poor,
1: poor. First of all, poor Bo Jackson because you buried him. I didn't think anyone could run over Bo Jackson. You just did. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> poor George well, he Brett. You can still throw far. Along George away. Brett was Mister Kansas City, and now he's mm-hmm. probably number two in command. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Mister Kansas City, and things like this off the field solidify that. I mean he probably was anyway, even if he wasn't doing all the stuff that he's trying to for the city with the 15 and Mahomes Foundation and now the ownership and the sports team. So just a really cool aspect to the Chiefs quarterback who again has been the best player the NFL has ever seen to this point in his career. When we come back, the Chiefs have released their unofficial depth chart, the first one of the season. We'll break it down right here on the Arrowhead Pride editor show.
3: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's show, the Kansas City Chiefs, as we've been saying all show long, have released their first unofficial depth chart of the season as of August 8th. How does this work in their game release? So there's a game on Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., Chiefs 49ers preseason game. Ahead of the game, in the game release, they released this depth chart. And let's be clear here. This is not an official depth chart. It says on it, unofficial. We don't know exactly how it's made. We know the team has to approve it in some sort of way, but Andy Reid is not sitting down there. This is what I want to explain. Andy Reid is not sitting down there revealing his official depth chart. Now, I I know that there is some kind of approval process with the team, but let's just keep that in mind as we go through this. I still think there are some things to take away. So let's start with the offensive line here, and we'll go through one to five, left to right. Your first team offensive line, Orlando Brown, Joe Chuni, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Lucas Niang. Backing them up, Mike Remmers, Nick Allegretti, Austin Blythe, Laurent DuVernay-Tardif, Andrew Wiley. Now here is the backups to the backups. Prince Tego Inogo, Brian Whitman, Darrell Williams, Yesir Durant, Wyatt Miller, and then all by himself in the fourth <laughs> column is injured Kyle Long. I think what is telling here is really just the right tackle position. As we've been saying, it, it is interesting, even though Mike Remmers has been injured, he started camp as the right tackle. He was getting all the first-team snaps, and now it's Lucas Niang over Remmers. That, to me, is the only thing
2: that really jumps out. Anything else jump out to you, John? Well, and that Remmers is the backup to left tackle now, yeah. which, given his performance in the Super Bowl, uh, which many people would never like to see again, that kind of surprises me. But again, it's unofficial. Um, you know, I could see Andrew Wiley being a swing tackle for either side. Um, yeah, I, I found Andrew it Wiley that has been
1: playing second team right tackle. Yeah. at camp, he noted how important that was for for him to get those reps because he feels comfortable mm-hmm. at guard. He's go, he's going to be this utility, super utility man for the Chiefs if they do wind up keeping him. The reason he is not uh, in the left tackle position is because he's just playing there at camp, and I think they wanted to put Mike Remmers in the second column. And that's the only spot that really is open in a sense, mm. because all these other guys are playing those positions at camp. Nick Allegretti, by the way, has been taking snaps at camp. If that's something that interests you, I guess it's worth noting here. But to me, that was the only thing that, that jumped out. Let's go to the tight end. Travis Kelsey, duh. Blake Bell, and then Noah Gray, and then Jody Fortson is over Evan Bayless. That's exactly what we've seen at camp. I don't think Noah Gray is going to start the year as the tight end too. He's been a little bit better at blocking than I I thought he would be, and so I wonder how soon that takes. Blake Bell might be the the best blocking tight end on the team. Travis Kelsey's not a bad blocker, but I think Bell is your blocking tight end.
2: Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, Noah Gray had some some. Star power for the first few days of training camp, but we haven't heard his name as much uh, since. Those he just first hasn't been as loud
1: making mm-hmm. plays. I
2: it, yeah yeah. I don't know if maybe
1: he's been a little bit banged up because he looked very explosive at the beginning of training camp and a little bit less so. And rookies are always going to try to push through, so who knows? Uh, we don't really know what's going on there. There's been no re- injury listed for. I'm just letting you know that, but it, he yeah. has been much quieter as camp has gone
2: on. And and I'll return to the point we were discussing last week. Uh, the possibility that the Chiefs could keep four. Uh, I, I sure. agreed with you then that they're they're more likely to keep three because they've got other places where they need to have extra players. But uh, you know, then again, they've invested a lot in Jody Fortson, and he seems to be doing really well. So we'll see how this plays. Fortson out.
1: looks fantastic, and yeah. he has looked fantastic in pads. Dave Tobe released a major nugget that he gained mm-hmm. 20 pounds of muscle in his conversion to tight end. That to me makes it a little bit different than. Seeing this, which we've seen before, and then he's been cut. Sure. So, I'm coming around to the idea that the Chiefs keep four tight ends, but, and again, that's that's going to mess with your guy Darren Thompson because you got to make room for him right in some or or an offensive lineman. You right, know, it could or, be nine offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah right,
2: right. That is
1: another school of thought in the Kyle Long thing because if you do think you're getting Kyle Long back and you throw him on the PUP list, then maybe if you're trying to keep ten offensive linemen, you can keep nine at least to start, and then you have your tenth one waiting in the wings. And I, I do believe that they are going to keep Yazir Durant and Darrell Williams on the practice squad. So you, you're going to end up having a good amount of depth at those positions.
2: All right. Yeah, and I think Winogo is a, a wild card in this too because yes. they have always said that they've liked him a lot. Yes. And they may want to figure out some way to hang on to him too. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables to juggle there. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. On one side, so the one wide receiver
1: position, they have Tyreek Hill. Byron Pringle behind him, Antonio Callaway behind him, then Garrick Dieter, then Maurice French, then Chad Williams on the other side. So this is wide receiver number two. Nicole Hardman. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it that really says something. Then DeMarcus Robinson, Marcus Kemp, Darius Fountain, Cornell Powell is buried here. Darius wow. Shepard and Dalton Schoen. Cornell Powell on the wide receiver, two is the f- fifth receiver in the mix and watching him at camp he is getting third team reps and not really able to separate from what is the third team defense and he was asked uh, Biennemi was asked about Powell at today's press conference and Biennemi said he's a rookie who has a good soul that's as negative <laughs> as Eric Biennemi is going to get yeah. <laughs> about a player so I, I'm not saying that Cornell Powell, a draft pick from this year's draft is going to get cut. But would it stun me? It would not at this point. But we are in August 10th, August 9th, August 10th. We're recording August 9th, but this is going to be released on August 10th. So there's still room. There's still preseason games. He has Mm -hmm. not looked good. He has not. He has been the one draft pick that has, has really looked like he doesn't belong.
2: And while Andy Reid didn't make this list, it's made by people who are in the building every day. And have some kind of an idea which way the wind is blowing.
1: And they so, know the players see this. Like I said, it's approved. Yeah. They mm-hmm. know the players see this. This to mm-hmm. me, if I'm Cornell Powell and I'm waking up and I'm seeing this, that is, you got to wake up. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what else to say. But Cole yeah. Hardman, it seems like the, the other way with, with his position because he's the lead in the wide receiver too. And he has looked good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I talked about mm-hmm. Willie Gay on the defensive side of the football McCall Hardman looks like a different player to me at this camp. And he needed to, and he really yep. has risen to the occasion. And you have Dave Tobe and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed. Everyone's talking about his maturity and really meaning it. I, I, they're going out of their way to say, yeah, he's just taken away more seriously and it's showing it's showing on the field. Now I think the player was motivated by wanting to be good But after this year, you also have the prospect of a potential contract extension. So there's monetary reasons. not exactly a contract year. He has another two years on his contract. But in the rookie deals, you can get extended after the third season. And so he can put himself in a position where maybe he plays so well in 2021. We're having that conversation Mm -hmm. next
2: offseason about Hardman and the potential to maybe extend him. Right? Who knows? Not sure what it means, but one of the things that I saw today that I found interesting, well, over the last couple of days, is that um, Dave Tobe identified Hardman as both his punt returner and kickoff returner. Hmm. Um, And that's not something that has been the normal thing. Over the last well, last season certainly, Hardman only returned well, Tope, kickoffs. Tope, Tope said that Pringle's gonna. That's what's weird about this depth chart because Tope said
1: Pringle's the kick returner, well, the primary kick returner yeah. now. And then mm-hmm. McColl was in at both slots on this, which is, mm-hmm. which again goes into how how seriously do you right. take it? We just found out the other day that Pringle's probably going to be returning kicks to start the year.
2: Yeah, and 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 this is the thing that's weird about it is that. When I saw this today, I, I gave a little more weight to the idea that that Hardman was going to be on kickoffs too. Not nec- but that was weird to me. And he said today, uh in the press conference that, oh yeah, I'm a kick, I'm a kick returner. I want to be a kick returner. Dave yeah. Tobes knows that. And I I want to be that guy. You could tell Would- I, I
1: when I actually asked that question today to Hardman. And yeah, I found in his answer that he reminded me of what he was describing was Tyree kill when he was a mm-hmm. punt returner. I mean, we have maybe forgotten a little bit when Tyree kill was not really in the offense and he was just a returner. I mean, it was one of the most exciting parts of the, the season. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Alex Smith was the quarterback at that point, Like right. right? It was the most exciting <laughs> part of the game, right? <laughs> when Tyree kill was back there. And as he was describing, if you go back and listen to it on, on from the podium, as he was describing that, at the press conference, I'm like, he's describing what Tyree kill was when he was the returner for the chiefs. And so I think he wants to be that. I think he looks at that Tyree kill season when as the late weeks went on, he was integrated more and more in the offense. I think he wants to be that Tyree kill type of player Uh, and saw that happen. And I think just something has finally clicked where he realizes the golden opportunity that he has here.
2: Yeah, he spoke, uh, I thought, very impressively today uh, at the press conference. He gave some answers that I thought were the right answers for him to be giving in this circumstance. So I I found what he had to say today pretty impressive. I'm just a little mystified. Uh, You know, if they're going to make him second on the depth chart, they're going to really make him wide receiver two, why do you put him out there on special teams as a returner? This is not what they did with Hill. Um, When Hill was the starter... Uh, as a wide receiver, then other people started doing those well, punt returns.
1: It's it, it is most worth of the, the time. It is worth noting, and and this was
2: interesting to me too. If you
1: go back to the toe pressure, really went in on just how strong Darius Shepard is as a returner, and I'm eager to see him in the preseason game and, and to see what he can do. The preseason is huge for special teams. Yeah, and if Shepard can show that he is a dangerous returner, I have him in the back of my mind as I'm making these projections. I'm not ready to make him a keeper on 2.0, but let's say Darius Shepard comes out of nowhere and rips off a touchdown or two. Let's just go crazy in the preseason. <laughs> I think there's a chance that you're right. Maybe they like they say Hardman, you're you're too big of a part of the offense to mm-hmm. you know risk here. Let's just go with the Shepard kid. Mike Hughes is also in that mix. I think you're going to see a bunch of different returners uh, as as um, you know the preseason rolls along.
2: Marcus Kemp,
1: Marcus Kemp is another one, right? Yeah. All right. You know running, that, yeah. the the running back position: uh, Clyde edwards alaire Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, Darwin Thompson, Elijah McGuire, Derek Gore. We already discussed this. That's to be expected. We know about the McKinnon and Thompson situation. I don't think a running back. Past Thompson is making this team Elijah Maguire or Derek Gore, Michael Burton is interesting. Do the Chiefs keep a fullback again? I think so. They just it's just an Andy Reid thing, right? And he's the only one on the team, so there's no competition for Michael Burton.
2: But that could be a place where they have to give up uh, a roster spot in order to do something someplace else. You know, we were talking about I know you know the you know the fourth tight end, but maybe they justify that by, uh, saying, well, Jody Fortson can be that guy we put in as a fullback, right. you know, I mean, so I'm not, I'm yes. Andy Reed has always had a fullback, but that doesn't mean necessarily that Michael Burton is going to make this team. I think it makes it more than likely, but there's a lot of wrinkles to the numbers on the roster this year. So we'll see. Yeah.
1: It, I don't know what to do with the fullback. I, I just go to the 20 years and just, I just think he's going to keep one, but
2: yeah, you never know. Well, that's the the way we should look at it because, you know, he's an old guy. He's going to do things the way he's used to doing them. I know all about this. (laughs) And uh, so he's going to uh, want to do the thing that gives him the most internal comfort. And that would be having a fullback, but he's also got a lot of numbers. He's got to figure out, and that may be where we could see something happen. All right, let's go to the defensive line. I'm going to go through it all right now. Left defensive
1: end, it goes like this. Chris Jones, Alex Okafor behind him, Josh Kando, Damone Harris, and Austin Edwards. At right defensive end, so the other edge position, Frank Clark, Mike Dana, Taco Charlton, Tim Ward, and Malik Herring. At defensive tackle, Jaron Reed with Turk Wharton behind him and Tyler Clark. At right defensive tackle, Derek Noddy with Colin Saunders behind him. Pretty much to be expected, I think it's interesting that Chris Jones is just being listed as a straight up defensive Mm -hmm. end. He does seem to be playing more on the outside than he is inside. That's not to say that he's not moved on the inside, but I really think in the base, I mean, your starting ends your ideal defensive line that they're going to be going with in base, Chris Jones on the outside, Jaron Reed and Derek Nottie in the center. And then Frank Clark on the right. I do want to tell you that Mike Dana has been looking great. Mm
3: -hmm. Turk Wharton
1: and in a, a little bit of a surprise for me, because I cut him, Colin Saunders has appeared to have taken a step. If I'm doing my 53 over, Colin Saunders is probably making it. Taco Charlton has been a little bit less impressive to me than Mike Dana uh, and what would be Turk Wharton on the inside. So I, I, don't, I don't think they, they'd cut Taco Charlton, but I don't know how much... He'll be in the mix if Dana continues to look like he does.
2: Yeah, uh, and of course, what I think is most interesting about this that it goes into the next position group, but they're putting the the uh, depth chart out as a four-two-five right defense, right, uh, which is not the base, which has not been the base uh, during the Spagnolo years, but it has been the most used formation. So they're right. kind of telling us it, it's, it's a yeah. weird thing
1: now because yeah. you're like, well, then it's it's technically the base, then, right? What does the word base mean in a yeah. sense? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the most used formation mm-hmm. that they're going with. And you're seeing a lot of folks do this now across the league when they're doing evaluations and articles and whatnot. It's it's more of the four down linemen, the two linebackers, and then you have the defensive backs. And I, I actually like this a lot better it almost was backwards for a couple of years. They were just continuing to put out the four, three, and then they would be trying to force guys in different spots. So I actually liked this better, uh, but yeah. So Chris Jones, it's, it's Terry, more realistic. Certainly. Derek naughty, Frank Clark. Let's go to linebackers. Willie Gay and Anthony Hitchens are there. We also have, okay. So behind Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Dorian Dan, Dor- Dorian O'Daniel and Armari Cobb behind Anthony Hitchens, Ben Ben Neiman, Darius Harris and Emmanuel Smith and Riley Cole. This feels up and down right. I think Dorian O'Daniel, despite really not being a factor on defense, is going to make this team once again as just that ultimate special teamer. I think that it is interesting that Willie Gay is next to Anthony Hitchens for all the folks that were really worried about Ben Neiman being in that spot. I think Ben Neiman's going to be, be playing quite a bit, but he's not going to be the starter per se in the what would be the four two five as we're describing? They like Ben Neiman and he knows the playbook. I I really, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo has said it a lot where it's the, a neck up type of thing. Ben Neiman to me is among the players that are going to make this roster. Good to see Nick Bolton right in that second spot. I think that that yes. shows you just how confident they are in him because you know you look at the rookies, Bolton in this spot, Cornell Powell is buried. I mean, if if they weren't high on what Bolton has shown so far. I don't know if he'd be this high in this, of course, unofficial depth chart.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. And I think this depth chart looks perfect. Gay and Hitchens, Bolton and Neiman, O'Daniel and Harris, Cobb and Smith. And they're likely going to keep, what, four or six, I think, is the normal number of linebackers, if I remember right. correctly, um, without looking that up. But I think six is the number they keep. So that leaves... um Cobb and Emmanuel Smith um, mm-hmm. out on fit on cut down day. You're starting cornerbacks. Travarius Ward is at left. They have LeJarius Snead
1: at right. And then Mike Hughes is listed as just a cornerback. In reality, this is swapped. So LeJarius Snead has been playing as what would be the nickel. Whereas Mike Hughes has been getting a lot of the nods on the outside. There's also competition though. There for Rashad Fenton has been making a case. Rashad Fenton has actually looked good these past few days on the outside playing against the top team. DeAndre Baker is behind Fenton in that. And then behind Ward and Hughes, you have Chris Lamons, Manny Patterson, uh, DiCaprio Boodle, Zane Anderson is among that. Uh, Bo Peakeys is right behind Mike Hughes in one of the cornerback positions, almost in a, a second column. So uh, I like Bo Pete Keys, I, I think he's starting to come along a little bit more. I don't think he's ready to have any real meaningful snaps, but as long as he's playing special teams, I see no reason that Bo Pete Keys isn't on this roster. I think by the end of this, Fenton could make a case to maybe get the nod over Hughes, but right now Hughes is the other cornerback. I think that's the only telling thing at that position.
2: Uh, the thing I find fascinating is the presence of Chris Lamons behind uh, Charverius Ward. Now, this is a guy the Chiefs had last year uh, on the practice squad for most of the season. He was activated uh, temporarily a couple of times, the the game day elevation, as they called it last year. Right. And as they will call it this year, that that rule stays this year, as best best we can tell. Um, So I find it interesting that they've got him behind Ward at that left cornerback position. Um, and, and, and ahead of DeAndre Baker. Uh, Baker is in the third position behind Sneed and Fenton on this depth chart. So uh, I find that very interesting. Yeah,
1: that's worth noting. I didn't really even catch the, how high Chris Lamons was. Interesting cornerback position in the depth chart, too, because these just might be the next three up, in a sense, of how, who comes in first. We don't really know
0: mm-hmm. how yeah. it would
1: work. All right, safety positions, Daniel Sorensen and Tyron Matthew. I think a little bit notable that Juan Thornhill is behind, but I I was expecting that. Devin Key is right behind Tyron Matthew. He's been getting some buzz. I think it's telling that Key is ahead of what would be Armani Watts and Will Parks, Mm -hmm. who we thought would also be in the mix. And and back of the safety room is Marlon Character and Rodney Clemens. So not a huge surprise. Sorensen and Matthew have been basically getting a ton of the reps when there's been two safeties out there. When a third safety comes in, it's been Juan Thornhill. Devin Key has been getting a lot of the dime safety first-team reps, which is really wild considering he's an undrafted free agent, and it's really tough. I remember when Steve Spagnola was saying, we're not even sure how much Juan Thornhill, a second-round pick, was going to play, and he was playing well. And it's like, well, what does he have to do? And this is still early in training camp, and Devin Key is already getting those dime safety wraps and so i just think that's a name to know and certainly someone nobody in chiefs media had in their 53 because nobody knows knew who this person was yeah and now all of a sudden i think there's a really good chance he's going to make the roster
2: yeah uh he certainly has acquired some buzz hasn't he and 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 also in this safety depth chart Uh, You see Rodney Clemens in that fourth column. He's a guy that was on the practice squad last year and was elevated two or three times. And I would have considered him to be on pretty much a par with Chris Lammons. So that, to me, says a lot about how surprising Chris Lammons is uh, being in the second column behind Traverius Ward. But no, I think you make a good point. Uh, Devin Key is going to be the guy. I know a lot of fans will be upset that Thornhill isn't up there instead of Sorensen, but the Chiefs love Sorensen. As long as he's healthy, um, they're going to find a way to use him. Thornhill's going to get some snaps. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Sorensen's going to be kind of a situational player. They'll use him in different ways, and Thornhill will be on the field as a third safety. Um, but the Chiefs love this guy, and uh, they're going to find a way to use him as long as they can. Yeah, agreed. And
1: that really wraps it up. The specialists are the specialists. There's no kicker, punter battle. Mm -hmm. Winchester is back and off the COVID list. And so no worries when it comes to the long snapper position. That's going to stay the same entering what is the 2021 NFL season. Worth noting here that I was wrong about Andy Reid's preseason plan. (laughs) <laughs> asked him about it the other day. And I thought he might rest the starters completely in the third game, not to be what he's going to do. As it seems, remember there's three preseason games instead of four is essentially go with the same plan that he did in weeks one to three of the preseason in previous years. So that means in the first game on Saturday night, you'll see one or two series of the starters and Mahomes and whatever. The second game, you'll see about a half The third game, he likes them to go into the halftime locker room and then come out in the third quarter. I think you see a lot of these fringe players on Saturday night because now you're losing that fourth game where they would get an entire game to really make their final case, but you're not really getting that anymore. And you need to have that tape to make those tough decisions. Andy Reid also mentioned that there's a cut on the Tuesday after each game. So you're going to be cutting players after each preseason game, and you got to give them a chance to see what they really can do against legitimate opposing team competition. And so, interestingly enough, John, I bow to you. You were correct. <laughs> Andy Reid will play the starters. It seems mostly in in that week three game of the preseason. Well, us old guys have to stick oh, together.
2: You know, we yeah. we we know how we think and 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 that. Uh, That's what we need to know is that old guys uh, can see eye to eye on certain things. I think what's interesting about uh, your point, though, about what we will see on Saturday night, um, this might be one thing that Andy Reid does that we haven't seen before without this fourth game, and that would be that they're going to assume the second string bubble players Are all right, and they won't get much work in the later part of these games. Instead, they will put these third and fourth string guys out there after this after the starters come out, so that they can get as much tape on them as they can. They're going to keep those second string guys. Yeah, you know your your Rashad Fenton's, uh, you know your Ben Neiman's, your uh, Collins Saunders. Those guys they're going to keep. But they want to see DeAndre Baker. They want to see Will Parks. They want to see uh, Darius Harris in a Mm -hmm. game situation. You know, they just looking at the depth chart in the third and fourth uh, spots. I think we might see more fringe players in the first two weeks than we're accustomed to seeing. It will all build up
1: to Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. Arrowhead time, the Chiefs taking on the 49ers in a Super Bowl rematch (laughs) for the first preseason game of the year. Always telling as to who gets playing time, where they do, so on and so forth. We'll keep you updated at ArrowheadPride.com. Coming up on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network on Wednesday, we will have the Arrowhead Pride Out of Structure podcast with Ron Kopp, and Matt Stagner. Later on in the week, it'll be show and BK. At some point, the Great British Chief show will get the airwaves. The schedule may shift a little bit. We're still figuring that out right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network with the game. So Stay tuned. We'll continue to provide great content. need to ask you one more time. If you love what you're hearing, please rate and review us. Every little bit helps. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. For John Dixon, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Thank you.